Welcome to the Playing the Game podcast with your hosts, Brock White and Cody Ransom. This podcast is the place for all things baseball, hunting, and entrepreneurship. These two guys have put in the work and have the stories and advice to back it up. Brock is a longtime business owner, and Cody played pro ball for over 18 years. Driven deep to left field. There it goes. See ya. A long home run for Cody Ransom. The one thing that brings these two guys together is hunting. Babe Ruth said it best. Never allow the fear of striking out to keep you from playing the game. This is the Playing the Game podcast, presented by Rolly White RV. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Welcome back. Playing the Game podcast. I'm Brock with my buddy over here. What's going on, people? We got a special guest today. We have uh, a friend. It's actually a surprise because I wasn't really planning on you traveling all this way to, to podcast with us. But I appreciate you traveling out to Arizona to do this podcast. Mark Philback. Yeah, I was happy to come that's, on. That's the only first. reason. Yeah, it's the only reason, only reason here, why man. you're here. Traveling all the way from Wisconsin for this special time. Yeah. I got, to, I got to do what I can for my customers. I appreciate it, man. Well, we want to get the nice weather out here. Yeah, got out of the weather. Oh, we love it out here. Um, so you came out with your family. You got the wife, kids. Everyone's out here. Uh, wife and kids, and the girlfriend. Um, they all boys' came out. girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're a nice dad. Better clarify, yeah. what girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, what? <laughs> your buddy's girlfriend? No, no. Like, <laughs> your girl? So they came out. We came out last what last week Saturday. And flew out, and then they went back on the following Saturday, and Fred and Tracy came in on that so Saturday. So we just flip-flopped and rotated and moved from a house to a, a place over the Hyatt or wherever we're Now you at. have the adult time. Yeah, yeah. And Kid it's, time's over, adult yeah, time. Yeah, it's a good mix. Good now, mix. do you guys, uh, have you got, what have you done since you've been out here? Anything fun? We did the we did the UTV ride out in the desert. So, that what's up uh, north? Is it Sedona? Or uh, like that far north? Black Canyon? The one local. Just Cave Creek. Cave, Cave Creek. Creek. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we did that. We did uh, a couple hikes with the kids. And, uh, of course, you know, restaurants, eating out. Mm -hmm. And where we live, it's so rural that, that this is like, they're in heaven, right? I mean, every time you turn around, my daughter can go someplace and have go a coffee shopping, coffee yeah. shop. Yeah, that's her big thing. And uh, we do different things there. And then went huh. to the rodeo Saturday night. And then Saturday night, we went to the rodeo. So, so. what rodeo is hmm. here? I don't, I didn't know. Cave Creek. Cave, Cave Creek. Creek. Yeah. yeah, like a local rodeo there. Yeah, well, and it so happened that we booked this trip to come out here, and he talked to his uh, nephew. And he works for the rodeo circuit, the oh. Surrey Brothers. They He deals with all the livestock, and he yeah. flanks links horses for him yep. yeah. so we met him out there so we got the vip treatment oh, so nice. i felt like i was going to a nascar race so. you guys awesome. see any spring training games we haven't there? no oh, okay you gotta yeah. make it out to one yeah it's fun we'd fly out tomorrow so oh, so i guess you're not making it well mate that's an excuse to come out. back and we well you met out. some umpires for the spring we, training did. Games. we did well, you only got a couple days left this year yeah they leave uh yeah. well pushback they got another week oh because of the yeah. yeah, the season starts, I think, on the 7th this year. Instead, It was supposed to start, uh, I want to say, yeah, yesterday, originally? Yeah. yeah, you're right. I think the 27th, 28th. That the, uh, oh, that's why they're still here. Yeah, they had the yeah so we pushed it back because of the CBA lockout thing. Wow. So they added a week on the spring training. Yeah. So, so was anything accomplished with the lockout mm -hmm. yeah. for the players? 
Uh, for both sides. Both sides. I, I actually think it was a decent uh, session for everybody involved. Like, I, I think players got some concessions on their side that I think are really going to help us out. Uh, and ownership got a couple things I think that they wanted. And we'll see what happens in five years. But, like, the international draft is going to happen now, and that was, like, a really, really big. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Do you like that? Or, or, uh, I, yeah, I was kind of like torn on it, really. For me, because like right for me now, as an Ameri- like, like as a as a player, yeah. that American player that would be drafted, yeah. I like it. Yeah. But I think like a lot of the Latin players, the veteran Latin players, didn't want it. So they obviously like for them, because they can just get signed, right? Yeah, and they sign up for a lot of money. But I I think what it's going to do is like over there, if you, like you get signed at fifteen and a half, and if you're eighteen or nineteen over there, you're it's too late. Really? Yeah, like you're probably not going to get signed um, over but there, right? Because you go to the academy for a couple of years, and then yeah. you end up coming over here at around 18. Um, but it, if with the draft, if they increase the draft age to what it is here, then a lot of those players won't sign young. They'll wait till they're 18. Which might be a good thing, right? Or no? I guess for them, I, I really don't know. Like if they're I, getting a bunch of money right up front when they're 15, the family probably likes it. Well, yes, they'll get half of pretty much everything they get. They Over there, they have these agents that um, kind of house them and feed them and do all their stuff, and they take half wow. of everything. So, um, yeah, it remains to be seen. Like, I, I really don't know how that's going to play out um, on that end. But I think, I think there was some good stuff, like uh, – the minimum went up. Retirement package went up. Uh, I mean, the minimum went up a lot. Really? Yeah, 700 and some thousand dollars. Well, you think about it. I think a lot of people, like, look at these lockouts and they think, oh, the rit- like, you know, the the best players are the ones complaining. And really, I think they're fighting for the, what you said, the, the minimum. The low to the middle of the road, yeah. And this agreement, aside from all the other, this is the biggest jump ever for the low-level uh, major league guys and the middle guys. Like That's we, cool. they, there was a bigger. It went from five. What was it? Five eighty to seven something. Wow. Minimum first year player. That's like, cool. I mean, one month in the big leagues, a hundred thousand to some over a hundred thousand dollars this year. Yeah, wow. it's, I mean, and what people don't understand is that the minor league players they don't get paid nothing, and no. so I mean, who knows how long your big league career is going to last, right? Could be once you get yeah. called up. Could be get a day. A day could be. I, I literally know three guys that have one day. One day. Wow! And you got called up for a doubleheader, pitched one game, and never yeah. came back. They're like, okay, we saw that. Well, no, it was like it just, just never had another chance. body for that for that doubleheader. For that doubleheader. Huh. Um, but yeah, like I mean, because you'll go for a, you know maybe a Triple A guy that's in his first year in Triple A making I don't know twenty. $30,000 maybe that year? Yeah, for the year. For the year. not the And you only get paid during the season, and yeah. then you go to the big leagues and you get 30 days and you make over 100. So and you're like, it, it made it worth it for that guy. <laughs> yeah. Made it worth yeah. it. Finally, he got his payday because that's what everyone thinks. Once you call the bigs, you got your payday. But it wasn't always like that. No, the the minimum my first year was 160 that was two thousand. And like you go to some of these big cities, one hundred and sixty. Like, I lived in San Francisco. It wasn't 
Yeah, you're still <laughs> didn't pay for anything. No. You're still living in a trailer park. <laughs> Cost of living is crazy. No. You're just not making money. You're just not making. Yeah. It. You're not stacking it away. No. Which, as a professional ball player, like you really got to. Yeah, you got you to. Should. It's a small window. Yeah, it's, it's very, very small. Maximize it. I mean, I have a friend that played in the NFL, and we all, th- you know, he's a linebacker. He's was drafted in the third round, so he should have been something. He, but he had a bad injury, and then he got four seasons, and that was it. Well, there's a big, there's a big disparity too. You know, like I know a couple of players. We sponsor a couple of players with the dealership, and one of the guys. I mean, he played in the NFL ten years, and you know was super smart. Probably has never spent the first check he got, mm-hmm. and was you know working off endorsement. Was really you know focused on the financial responsibility because he knew that that window was limited. And then there's other players that they get there, they get the money, and, you know, they, they can't spend it fast enough. They get done, and you've seen this. You know, there's stories all over. I'm sure, it's, yeah. sure it's no different from baseball than it is football. Not at all. They, yeah, and no. they, don't have, they don't have somebody that's coaching them through the financial yeah. responsibility that they need because they, you know, they just fell into it, yeah. per se. It, yeah, and, it's, it's really And it's hard. sad. I mean, it's sad yeah. to see that kind of money just blown on, you know, Stupid stuff. Yeah, I mean, you it, see with people that win like lottery or something oh, like that. Same thing, right? I it's think like if, the if, odds if, of them blowing it are like ninety five percent. Yeah, it's, it's like, just it's free money, and they didn't really have to work for it. But oh, for love, these younger guys that get it, it's like you know, kind of depending on family situation, yeah. and you know, a lot of the the Latin guys that we have, they send all their money back home. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's really different than the American guys because not, not a lot do that here, right? No, um, but like every bit of their paycheck that they don't have to spend here goes home. They're probably paying for all sorts of family everything down there. Food, house, like you name it. But that's yeah. that's cool too though. I it's mean, awesome. If cool. they're taking yeah. care of a family, I mean cuz you know what, I mean yeah. some of those people live a pretty meager life down mm-hmm. there. Yeah, that's yeah. that's cool. I mean, you and I've talked about like the the difference in what they're playing for versus what other people are playing different. for. Like what's they're, their what's their reason for yeah, it's true. Going every day and working and like going through it, it's there, there's a different driving force for it. So yeah, it's I agree with that. It's pretty cool to see the the culture is I really like. Yeah. Um. So, Mark, Phil back here. What um? Let's transition and we digress. And we digress. We went into the rabbit hole. <laughs> we do that. We, we do that right occasionally. We fall into rabbit holes and can't come out. We'll get out. Of, Eventually, just yeah. Don't, just don't put, just put a bunch of diet coke in the rabbit hole, and you'll you'll pop out. I'll pop out. Somebody just has to say, and we digress. And we digress. So, we'll back. Mark, mm-hmm. you own how many dealerships do you own? Um, four. Four dealerships. Mm-hmm. And so you own a Chevy dealership. Ford. Now, all of them are they all Ford, Chevy, uh, Chrysler, Dodge? So they're dual stores because they're in really rural areas. So I would say the biggest population town is probably about 6,000 people. So okay. small, sm- you're talking small areas compared to what we've seen out here for the yeah. last week when we're in awe of basically it's strip mall, residential, strip mall, residential, and it just never ends out here. We're, you know, yeah. we're out in the middle. I, I say the middle of nowhere and we, and we enjoy it. But yeah, I would say 6,000 people on average is about the population of the towns. Um, two Ford Chrysler stores dueled together, you know, both in the same yeah. building. One GM Chrysler store, and then the original store, uh, there's a Ford store. That's where uh, kind of all started, where my grandfather started the business. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. So how did it start? My grandfather was, he started in oof, the 30s hauling milk, and trucking truck and milk, and then 
got into, you know, he was an entrepreneur. He was one of those. 1930s. Yeah, he graduated, you know, never graduated from high school. I think finished maybe eighth grade and then started working and just, yeah. you know, worked and worked and worked. Started with a trucking company. Then he uh, hauled cheese, um, got into the uh, tractor business, got a uh, case tractor franchise, and then kind of worked into that, had big tractor auctions. In fact, uh, one of my employees' dads passed away the other day, and he worked for my grandfather. His dad worked for my grandpa, and he had a picture of in the town of Highland. I got, I need to show it to you someday. It's I bet there was a hundred like international M tractors up and down Main Street, and then and they had an auction. They auctioned off like a, anyway. So he was just an entrepreneur, uh, way ahead of his time. Um, and he bought the Ford dealership in a town about ten miles to the north that went out of business and brought it to brought it to Highland, Wisconsin, which is where where we started it in 1948. 1948. Yeah. Because to own a franchise dealership like a Chevy Ford, anything, is like what I've been told is near impossible to do now. Like a small guy, like say a one-off, like a – because a lot of them are like owned by AutoNation, right, and those big corporations, private equity groups. Yeah. To have like a private fill-back motors or something similar is really difficult to get into now it's it's difficult for the fact that the you know the factory wants you have to have certain you have to meet certain criteria and one of the criteria is you have to have new car experience well if you've got a bunch of money and you want to buy a car dealership they won't just give it to you know let's say a a professional athlete that's got a couple you know hundred million dollars he wants to invest in a big dealership you have to have experience and so you have to have those things yeah like how did carl malone get his because he has some right true yeah well no different than or did he buy one that was already existing he he, actually and i know a little bit about because i'm in some 20 groups and and i I know a little bit about how but he he bought a store with you know with another dealer group yeah and then used his they use his name to brand the store um who was the other uh, quarterback from the Denver Broncos? Uh, John Elway. John had a hu- bunch of huge stores, and but he was actively engaged in the business. Where some of the, you know, I don't know if Carl's actively engaged in the business. I don't know, yeah. uh, but I know that you know Elway was, you know, huge in that, and that's what they did. They bought a, you know, they bought a small store, put his name on it, got the experience, and then branded it and moved it from there. So yeah, it's it's not easy, but it's in a in a smaller rural market where we're at, yeah. it's doable. So. So you, you so do have, somebody you wanted have a, you, to open. You still up have a, a chance of being a new car dealer because I know that's yes. your ultimate goal in life. Absolutely, I'm a new trailer <laughs> dealer. You know, hey, because the license every, says every time something new comes out, it's like, uh, yeah, Philly, I need one of those. All right, we'll ship one out. <laughs> hey, so for licensing purposes, when I'm a, they don't have like trailer and car. De- it's just auto dealer, right? Right. So I'm actually a new auto dealer that sells trailers. Right. So, but you know. And it's more difficult than you think to get a new, they actually make you get a new license, a new auto dealer license here in Arizona. And you have, you actually have to get um, franchise agreements from the manufacturers Mm -hmm. saying that you're licensed to sell their product. And then they send out um, this, the same thing to the other dealer saying, Hey, this person is opening up dealership here. Do you protest against it? And they have an option to say, yeah, and the, the you know franchise laws is what they call them in, in Wisconsin. Uh, they're very strong, and it, yeah. it, a lot of them are pro dealer uh, for the reasons of you know it's a mom and pop business that you know that we got. Let's say we got a store in our store in Prairie du Chien, and and all of a sudden somebody's you know wants to build one five miles away, yeah, run us out of business, pump the brakes on that. Yeah, well, it's 
we have the right to say, okay, we have a geographic area that we're responsible for. You can't build a new one within 15 miles. So something. what? Yeah, do you know what the miles? It's is? I think it's 10 or 15 miles, something like Cause that. Because every every for us, every manufacturer is a little bit different. Like one brand, we have all the all of the valley, the whole Phoenix, Gilbert Mesa. We have the whole valley, and then for another manufacturer, we have just like. A 10-mile radius, right? depending on the product. It's probably, you know, depends on the product and depends on what the manufacturer is. But, you know, with, with it's it's all controlled by the state, you know, yeah. in Wisconsin. It is, I'm sure they do that with the auto, auto business here. It's probably the same way. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So, but from your grandpa. So, yep, grandfather. Then and, and then. Um, how my, many kids did your grandpa have? Just one, my dad. Your dad. Yeah, so my only child. And uh, he, my dad was actually, you know. Probably don't know the story, maybe do or not, but my dad was actually uh, moved to, or not moved, but was in college in Nebraska at uh, Creighton University. He wanted to be a doctor. Okay. Yeah, he was he was in the reserves for ever since high school and, and worked in the, the medical hospital division of the, of the uh, reserves and, you know, did well with chemistry classes and a few other things and wanted to study to become a doctor. And then my, my grandfather just developed some uh, health issues and it was like, Hey, you gotta you, take care of it. You gotta come home, hmm. and, and he never, you know, he he never really wanted to be, you know, be that. He just wanted to go. Actually, wanted to become a doctor, but he got roped into the business, and and then uh, I kind of took it over from him, and kind of so ran, when ran did, it from there. At what age did you start working for the business? Do you remember what your first job? What was your first job working for your dad? Well, we had farm operations, so my first job was working out on the farm, you know, making hay and mowing hay and doing that kind of stuff and then yeah. then it worked into cleaning up you know cleaning up tractors old tractors lawnmowers and that kind of thing you know reconditioning them and getting ready for for sale and then i guess yeah i was probably detailing cars and i was terrible at washing cars so then they promoted me to sell them and here so I like yeah you suck at that let's <laughs> yeah. move you yeah. away uh, detailing cars is the last thing i ever want to do because i'm i'm today i would be good at it but back then i mean it, my dad said i washed a black car in the middle of winter covered with salt and, and grime from the from the winter roads. And uh, when I got done, it looked like a Holstein cow because all the splotches of white was still <laughs> left on the car. And it was a black car. So yeah. So then I got promoted. Yeah. So how many uh, employees do you have? Uh, well, let's back up. Go, so no, go. Your, your dad took over. Did he expand the business or is it? No, when I took it over from him, it was actually he, we had a bunch of farm operations and we had a, a, a tractor dealership and the drought of 88 i mean pretty much almost put him put him under i mean it was financially just tough and i was in college at the time and luckily about two or three years not even that probably a year before that he sent me to one of the new car shows where they used to unveil the new car and it's yeah. like i thought that was you know from a city care from a country kid to go to chicago and see all this stuff i was like this is the coolest thing ever and all the guys i saw there all looked like they're you know doing pretty well for themselves so yeah. i I kind of gravitated to the car side and figured it was a little better way of making a living than milking cows. So, you know, no, nothing against that. Nothing against that, but it's a, it's a tough loaf. Yeah. So then, when you took it over, did you expand it to where it's at today, or did so, you add any stores? Yeah. So we had the we had the Highland, the original store in '48, and then we um, we migrated to. I, I bought the first store I had in another town. Uh, our first expansion was in another town. We ran that for about five years and then sold it. And then that allowed me to buy 
the Chevy store in Boscobel, and then we grew and uh, expanded in Richmond Center, and then we just bought the Purdue Machine store, I think, in 19. So that's where we're at now. So and we got like 120 employees, and, you know, with all that going on, it's it's enough. I mean, you know, everybody's asking me, when, when are you going to buy the next one? When are you going to grow? And, in, you know, in, the, in this environment, with, with how hard it is to find people that want to work, Mm. and you know get people working i mean that's that's a tough market i mean the labor market is the hardest part of things and i've you know i've talked to a lot of different business owners in different industries and the reasoning for not expanding again and again and again is it's not financially it's not the risk that they're taking it's they don't they they don't think they can find the quality people to staff their operations well one yeah well it's hard to think about expanding when you currently are understaffed exactly right that's the kind of the problem we run into. It's like we think we talk about expanding. We have these hopes, right, to expand again, but it's like we don't even have the stores here staffed. How are we going to staff a whole another store? And you want to keep that level of customer satisfaction and and commitment to the customers as as high a level as you have. Yeah. That's why you're still in business. That's why we've been in business. And you don't want to you don't want to jeopardize that. And there's and nothing worse than being an owner to be stressed out because you know you're not giving the customer what they want, which is you know good quality service after the sale. Yeah. And well, without without good people working, and, and in today's world, I mean, if we find, you know, if we find anybody that walks in that's got you know either a farming background or you know uh, worked worked in the egg industry and, and grew up on a farm, those those kids are people. They I mean they're just we'll hire them and we'll figure out where to put them. You know, that's funny because in the RV world I work, we actually don't look for RV uh, industry people. No. We, we like looking outside to, like, um, if we find an auto mechanic, yeah. like, like, then you'll love to work on trailers. It's way better to work on a trailer than a car. Or just, you know, if you if you work cement, uh, framing, anything out in the construction world, you'd fit great with us. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have that hard work ethic well some of the best people that that we've hired and and some of the bigger stores i think have a little better luck with that just because they're in a higher population areas servers waitresses and servers there you go they make the fact we were talking the the guy that was (laughs) waiting on us today uh you know he he threw his back out because he was walking up some stairs and i said i got an easier way for you to make a living i'd i'd hired him in a heartbeat if he was in in my area yeah good personality heart you know we could tell he was working hard not making you know a lot of Mm -hmm. money doing that but it's an industry where you know customer service it's all about customer service yeah it's hard to find people that it's just and it's hard for you as a like for me at least it's hard to have somebody care about your business you know, that goes the extra mile. At the same level. At the same level. Yep. The, yep. the care. It doesn't luxury. often happen. No, no. And we've been fortunate. I mean, we've had some, I mean, I've got some, you know, a majority of my employees are, you know, some are 30 plus years working for us. Um, but I would say on average, you know, at least 15, you know, and, and we try to do whatever we can, you know, to retain that, that base. And we've always been, try to be a good place, you know, for people to work in the community because, we know that those quality people are going to give that quality of, you know, service back to the people that are there. So your secretary, she just retired. How many years did she have? In 30 it? plus. 30 plus years. She, she, I mean, I remember her. And I still ago. I have one employee that that is uh, working for me currently that he, he's the last employee that actually worked for my dad. Oh, that's So, great. you know, it's kind of cool. Yeah. And, and I'm still the boss's kid. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I still that. have not been able to... 
Shake that one. Shake that one. So um, are you an only child? No, I have a sister, one sister. Is she part of the operations? She's not. Um, She decided after high school that she wanted to live in the big city, and she moved to Minneapolis, went to college in Minneapolis, and then lived in Madison since. And she's she's got a – she's actually – she's got her doctorate in education, so she works for – she's actually the – in charge of the – I should know this, but I don't – in charge of the – I guess the educational pro- process for the University of uh, Oregon. Oh, that's cool. And she works remotely from from Madison or <laughs> Dodgeville, actually. Well, it's, it's crazy what you can do now, right? Oh, it's yeah, crazy stuff. So, no, she's not involved in the business, which I'm okay with that. Yeah, <laughs> older, um, older, or younger, younger, younger. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would love to be able to hire people that weren't from the field that I would need them to work in. That would really help me. Yeah, out. that would because you're that's kind of tough for you. The only way you could do is somebody you're organ you're like a controller that organizes you know scheduling the coaches and stuff. I guess he doesn't have to be part of baseball. No, I, don't but need, I don't need help with that part. Yeah, <laughs> that part's taken care of. You need of. coaches though. Yeah, good ones. Good good coaches in baseball are tough. But it you know and in, in like one of our top sales guys right now and of course it's the the market's been very strong and you know they're they're selling a lot lot more cars than they were because the demand is so strong and. And you know the the grosses are higher and all that good stuff. But the the uh, last two last couple of salespeople I hired were factory workers working in a factory and in you know Detroit? and no I mean just like local factories. Okay. One guy worked in a milk factory and the other guy worked uh, you know I don't know, machine factory making basically just working on assembly line. And uh, and we took them out of that element and we hired them because they were just good guys. They're mm-hmm. good people. And I said we'll train you how to sell a car. That's not it's not that hard. And you know. It's a risky run because sometimes those people just don't see that other side of, of working. They're just so used to doing the same thing day in, day out. They want, you know, they want everything structured just, just and structure and, and, and do this and, 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 and retail. You know that as well yeah. as I do. It, it it changes at a snap of a finger. Yeah, you know what's good and bad about um, what you're talking about is you give people tools to make their own future. Yeah. And sometimes they, like, just take off and – they just do excellent, and then some just fizzle. Yeah, because they need that structure. They need the structure. They need the set, you know, the set income every every month, and and those things. But like I said, we we're doing the same thing. We don't. We're not trying to hire. I don't want to go hire somebody that worked at a, at another dealership and sold cars because they usually bring bad habits, or yes. you know, not not saying they're just not they don't bring some good ideas, but for the most part, you know. We train them from the ground up. We work them from the ground up and take them from, uh, you know, from somebody that's never been in the industry. Then they just do it our way. That's and it. Right I'm not there. saying our way is right, but it seems to work. Well, your way is different than everybody, it sounds like. And we are the same. And I know Cody does his business. It's not business as usual. You know, it's different. We right. try to be different from everybody, have a different culture. But right? your business has got to be hard because you have to have that certain talent base to begin with. Yeah. I mean, it, it's tough. Yeah, it's it's not. I'm I'm not gonna make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, I don't know. Like for us on the youth side, dealing with all the kids is is uh, is different because like you need people that are really good with kids, but they also need to know the game, right? So like we have an opportunity in the youth program to like really kind of mold what kids can become in life. You know what I mean? So it's not just baseball. It's like 
mentoring too. And so it's like a real fine line and I'm so picky about, about who we hire. It's kind of crazy, but, um, it's just really hard to find people that, um, are in it for just the kids. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I see some dads that coach their kids' teams, and I'm like, I to me, I, they deserve a reward of sorts. I couldn't agree more. I'm like, I don't have any desire. Like, my kid gives me crap, and I'm out. Like, Well, and, and you know, historically, and, and we can both speak to this, you know, being a small rural school, you know, all the coaches for all the programs were all, I mean, they're all volunteers. I mean, there's no, mm-hmm. there's no paid coaches in the younger, you know, younger, and even in the high school level, they get paid, but what they're getting paid for, and they put so much time and energy into it. And a lot of times they're doing it for their kids. If they got a kid mm-hmm. going through the system and then after they get through the system, they, you know, they'll, they'll retire from that, whatever. But, you know, I always get frustrated with parents that will complain about mm. this coach and that coach and, you know, well, this is, this, this isn't right. And I always said that, you know, every time I go, I'd never say a word. I'd keep my mouth shut, you know, even if I had an opinion about it, because at the end of the day, I'm not out there. Yeah. And I had a buddy of mine that, that uh, coached youth football and for years and did a really good job with the program. And he'd always get parents that would come in and say, hey, well, how come my kid didn't play this time? Or how come, you know, Joey got more playing mm-hmm. time than my son and whatever. And he had, a, he had a perfect line for him. He said, well, hey, guess what? Sounds like you're interested in helping us with youth football. We're looking for some volunteers. I'll see you at next week's practice. We start at 7. <laughs> they didn't show. They didn't complain. And they didn't complain. <laughs> <laughs> I always, and I use that line today. So I really like anyways. that. Yeah, you know what? I'm a I big really fan of that one. I'm going to borrow that one. I, I really appreciate your enthusiasm. I hate to give Nick credit. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I did, yeah. Oh, it's great. You know, because it's true. I was just talking to my my cousin today because their kids finally picked up baseball. Her son's playing baseball in Flagstaff. And she... Um, She's like, I like going and watching the parents get mad. Oh. And I'm like, what's there to be mad at? <laughs> like, who you are they getting mad at? no idea. Like, what, why are people losing their minds over a, I mean, can't you just go and enjoy that your kid's playing a sport? No. And he's out? Mm-mm. Like, like, is this, I'm, I don't, I'm really confused why anyone would get heated. Because at the end of the day, it's a game. It, yeah. So I've got some opinions on that. Let's hear it. Some, some good ones. Um, I mean, one, one social media has kind of made that ridiculous because everybody wants to post things on Facebook and you want the Instagram gram life, and, the yeah. gram life. So that's that's one. Number two is cost of skyrocketed for everything youth sports. Right? So they think like they're paying for a result. They are. That's what they think. Well, yeah, that's so, and it's it's tough. Because I see both sides of it, right? Yeah. Like, my daughter's a senior. She plays volleyball. Yeah. We pay for her to play club volleyball in hopes that she gets a scholarship and we don't have to pay for college later. So you're hoping. Right? Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of what people pay for or expect. And they're making an investment on their future, right? For the for the kid to invest now so they get a scholarship so you don't have to pay for college later. Unfortunately, people are starting to do that now with, like, 12-year-olds. Yeah, maybe they should just invest in actual like mutual college and ETFs. <laughs> like, yeah. So, exactly, right? So, like, because um, like by the time you're putting money in, you're you know your daughter's really good. Like, and you have a realistic, you know, you're being realistic with yourself, like about her capabilities. Not like I talked to 
I'm not going to name any names, but I talked to somebody as I was dropping Wes off, and the, this person said that her son has a chance to play in major leagues. He's 13 years old. I'm like, okay, cool. It sounds great. Um, How do you know that at 13? I don't. I, you were dropping off at my house? Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, you know, if he, if he works for it. parent meeting, probably. <laughs> if he works really hard for this, I was like, just, yeah. Yes. Good luck. Right, yes. Teach him to work really, really hard. I agree. Because if it doesn't work out in here, he can work really hard in something else. And that's kind of what, I, I think that people, there's a lot of entitlement. Right, and that's based on people paying for things, and they have certain expectations to go with that. So that entitles um, us to complain and talk about coaches and other kids, and there's a really big problem with it. Like I hear so many parents talk about other kids, and that to me is just like the worst character thing that I can see in a person. For sure. Like you're an adult and you're talking about a kid. All kids are great. My like, I, well, like I, they might not be good, right? Who doesn't matter? But who are you to talk about them, right? Like that's you know what's crazy, and like, they might be having a great time, and that might be what they're there for is to have fun and like enjoy it and get better and get out of it whatever they can, you know. That's but when of, I hear like I'll get phone calls, well, so and so did this, and I'll hang up. Like, I'm like, yeah, we're not going to talk about other kids. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> I'm not here. Yeah. He'll call back. You hung up on me. Yeah. Yeah. If you'd like to talk about your son or your situation, we can do that all day long. But if you start talking about other kids or other people, then we're just going to. We're not. We're going like to forego this conversation. Or if you'd like to come and volunteer some time and help me with the with this. You know no, I, no. No, I wouldn't want those people <laughs> no, around. No, like, really. Exactly. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, those aren't the people that I want around. No, they wouldn't show anyways if you asked, asked the, them. <laughs> they might not be that, worse. That's the worst. <laughs> that they, they, they actually do show up. Like, yeah, okay, I'm running practice. Hey, go for it. Yeah, yeah but that, that, uh, that's kind of the as the, parents of this entitlement thing. We we created this monster. Yeah, we did. And and it's it's no different. I mean, you go back to talking about my grandfather. Well, he wanted a better life for for my dad. My dad wanted a better life for you know for me. I want a better life for my kids. And and by ratcheting that up for the last 100 years where's it go next i mean i'm guilty of it you know, I know you we, i think we all are so my son told me the other day in the, in the car he's like yeah so dad i really want to play you know um in the nba and then i want to be like uh and then i want like michael jordan he went and played baseball for a while and i just started laughing at him he's like why are you laughing i was like well you just said you're going to play two professional sports and you're uh, you're ten years old, so that's why I'm laughing. He's like, like, do you have any idea how hard, hard it is to play one professional sport, let alone two? Like, that's why I'm laughing. But hey, I'm not saying it can't be done. I'm just saying, and you don't want to squash a dream. The odds are that's the really hard part. Like, is how do you how do you keep them motivated? And how do you give them the confidence to continue pursuing whatever yes. it is they want to pursue? But also give them the reality check that they might fall flat on their face. Hey, and it's okay if you do because like we've talked about, I'd rather them do it now while they're home. Yes. Yes. Right? I, both, both my kids right now, I will challenge them to no end. And if they fall on their face, great. Cause I'm here to catch them. Yeah. Yep. I can help you out. Yeah. A couple of years from now, you're on your own kid. Yeah. You when know? you're in college or. Yeah. So I'm not going to coddle them now. 
Yeah, like that's the worst thing I I feel like I can do is like. Well, baseball it's great because you fail a lot in baseball, a whole lot. Yeah, yeah. You, you get to deal like it's a whole head game, right? So you have to deal with a head case, and if they can handle that failure. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this. Like if you play baseball, you know, baseball players play other sports too. But other sports, like you can't play. If you can't be really good at basketball. Then transition to. Like, it just doesn't – you have to have some, like, baseline knowledge of baseball to be able to play, it seems like. But yeah. I'm trying – sorry, I'm trying to find this quote. It was uh, – I don't want to misquote it. It was a guy talking about, like, uh, my grandfather uh, drove to work in a, oh. a Ford or whatever, and then – my dad drove to work in a Cadillac, and I drive in a Mercedes, and my son's going to drive a whatever, a Lamborghini, and then his son's going to be driving the Ford again. Like, it's, it's like the cycle oh, of... The cycle of going backwards. Yeah, like um, tough times create tough people. Yep. Yes. And uh, easy times create soft people. Yeah. And it was uh, nothing. I drive a Ford, so I'm not bad-mouthing anything. <laughs> but I, I can't remember how the quote went, but it was something like that, right? And it was... Um, I prefer the Ford, personally, but yeah, you know. <laughs> but anyway, like it was, it was like you know, hard times create tough well, people, and, and it's uh, you know, we 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 had you know some of the when I was a kid, you know, my dad was the business owner in town, and you know there was certain perks that went with that, and I'm not saying I wasn't spoiled rotten because I was, and I know I was, uh, but then when those economic times hit him, where you knew what you had. And then you reach that point in time where times got tough. That those tough times, that's what made made me a better better manager, better employer, yes. better to my customers because I knew that, you know, I I enjoyed the the you know the notoriety, whatever you want to have it, the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And when you have those really tough times, man, it you just don't want to go. You know, you don't want to go back to those times. And so, to this day, I'm probably more cautious about making financial decisions and doing things because I'm like, okay, I, I don't want to take a risk and, and end up leveraged and in a position where, you know, I'm not making the decisions the bank is or something else. And the, I, I agree with that. The, the, the tougher the times you have, and I don't care if it's business or if it's your personal life, dealing with health issues or whatever that can be, those situations are what really make you make you um, who you are, mm-hmm. and how you handle those hard situations is what makes a great person a great person. Right. If you never have those situations or you never take any risks, guess what? You'll never know. Yeah. My dad always said, "If you never do anything, you're never going to get in trouble." Right. Yeah. So like, those are the character builders too. Like the you know those times where you're yeah see what you're really made yeah. of. I have this thing where it's like how you handle failure will determine your success later on. Yep. Because like when things are good. It's good for everybody, right? When it's, e- it's easy when things are good. It's easy when things are good, but when things go bad, and you know you apply this to anything like sports, business, family life, that's when you determine like what kind of person you're going to be, how the success later on is going to be. Because yep. if you can handle it and get through it, then you, like you said, you're going to learn. You really don't want to go back to what you had. No. You want to just. Take your lessons learned and yep. move on. Totally agree with that. Yeah. Because I look at any time in my my business career or life when I had a serious failure, I've always, like, come out of it way better. Like, either we clean things up at the bit work, you know, hired new people or yep. 
did more training, whatever it was, always came out stronger on the other end. Yeah, it seems like you just dig in deeper and work harder, and you, you work through the problem. Yeah. No. Or sometimes you have situations where they exploit your weakness, right? And you're like, man, you know, my weakness was uh, I had a bad weakness of trusting people close to me too much, you know? I realized let's not make that a weakness anymore. So, and you realize why some people do things, like, for a long time. You've got to keep your DNA who you are. Yeah. You know, like, you're, you're a small country, kind of rural, rural dealership. You want to keep that vibe, right? Yeah. That's a that's the Kool Aid you want to transfer over. And, and, and coming out here and, and not having traveled, neither one of us traveled out in the Phoenix area. Uh, yeah. You know, for us, it's like, wow, this is really cool, right? I mean, you every time you, you, you can literally, 20 minutes, you're, you can get anything you want. I mean, whether it's groceries or clothing or whatever it is. And, uh, but we're out here for a week and we're like, okay, we're ready to go back to the country. Cause that's, that's who we are. That's our DNA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would love to be, have that. I feel like this place <laughs> gives me anxiety. Tired of going different places to get all you want. Looking for a program that offers everything. Are you interested in training, nutrition, baseball, softball, after-school youth programs, hunting, or charity work? One Performance is an all-inclusive program that offers training, advising, instruction, and opportunity for everyone, from the beginner to the professional. With a staff compiled of some of the best in their fields, impressive backgrounds, and an unmatched passion for teaching and giving back, One Performance is the first of its kind in Arizona. With the connections and background we have in the baseball community on a local and national level, from T-ball to the major leagues, One Performance offers teams known as Arizona National BPA, opportunity for instruction, gameplay, and development in every aspect of the game, both physically and mentally. The staff at One Performance Training are some of the finest in their respective fields. They strive to educate, motivate, and assist every athlete in maximizing their abilities. Whether you're looking for an opportunity for a young athlete or a seasoned professional to surround themselves with like-minded coaches, mentors, and athletes, One Performance is the family you're looking for. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Ready for an escape? Ready for an adventure? Do you want to camp, hunt, hit the dunes, or just relax on the beach? Ruly White RV is the number one toy hauler dealer in Arizona for the past five years running. With a no-pressure culture and no dealer fees, they guarantee you a great price and a great experience as you purchase your very own toy hauler or travel trailer. Ruly White is family-owned and operated and is now expanded to five locations, including Mesa, West Phoenix, North Phoenix, Flagstaff, and Idaho Falls, Idaho. Whether you're looking for a toy hauler or travel trailer, fifth wheel, or bumper pole, Rolly White can get you what you're looking for. They carry all the big names, including Genesis Supreme, Vortex, Attitude, Wolfpack, Raptor, Forest River, and the newly released Wanderer by Genesis. We all want to beat the heat or just escape the craziness and get outdoors. Let Rolly White help you get there by visiting any of our locations or checking us out on Facebook, Instagram, and online at rollywhite.com. 
I mean, it's, I don't know how you guys do it. Just driving here? I, 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 yeah. I, <laughs> we were in I'm traffic, really... and it wasn't bad traffic because he's, he's not uh-huh. used to traffic at all. Uh, and I've traveled in through Chicago a little bit here and there, you know, and you could run in rush hour traffic, you're mm-hmm. stuck. And, and he was just like, okay, I couldn't deal with this. Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, I mean, where you're sitting it. right now used to be like, I mean, when I say used to, I mean like 15 years ago? Yeah, yeah, was farm fields. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like dairy. recent, recent, right? And you got the growth that you have out here compared to back in Wisconsin, where we're from. I mean, we just don't have that. No. I mean, well, not Ma- where we're at. Madison is the biggest city, and it's expanded some, but we're so far out that and and that's a good thing, though. Oh, and it, it's you know, I I talk to my kids about you know, uh, they probably like cities because they're not they, used to it. Well, right? my daughter, she wants to move to New, she wants to move to New York. That's yeah. her goal. She mm-hmm. wants to get a she, – she graduated from college. She's transitioning and, and trying to find a job, and, and she wants to move to the big city. That and sounds like a nightmare, personally. I personally am freaked out about it because I'm a country pumpkin. And, and, but, she, but when we come here, we came to Phoenix, and she's their tour guide because she knows where – you know, she gets on her phone. She figures it out. She's got a plan. She knows yeah. where – you know, knows where the restaurants are. She reads the reviews. She does all that stuff. And, and so she'll do fine. Yeah. Uh, and my son's, he's just like me. He's just, you know, he's, he's going to stay home yeah. where, you know, he's got, his son is training to be a pilot right now. And cool. I mean, that's 180 from what you grew up with. Yeah, so, I, I, I didn't grow up quite that way. I was grew up farming and <laughs> where's you know, the, where, nails. Where's he, uh, training out for university of Dubuque in Iowa? No, here is a great place to train to be a pilot actually. Cause it's sunny almost every day mm. and that's what he has issues with there too you know for it's rainy be or able rainy. to get up and fly it you know starting out you can't fly the smaller or the with the cloud cover and yeah you, you know with the plants got, yep you you, yep. you know the weather's got to be pretty good and you go through our winter you know it's snowing it's cloudy it's misty rainy icy yeah yeah you know, he should come down here for like a just come down here for like six months and bang out all of his. He could if he just hammered down, he could get through all his all his stuff. He needs get all his hours in. Yes. Yeah. That uh, I know a lot of. Uh, if if you're interested, I know a lot of um, trainers. I I'm a pilot actually, and um, I love flying. Flying's great, and that's a great career. Anyone listening, pilots, there's a huge shortage, and it's a it's a tough route. But I'll tell you what, if you talk to like us. <coughs> At Captain of Southwest or Delta, I mean, their hours are amazing. That was my, my mom's husband was a pilot, Air Force, yeah. and then flew for Southwest until they made him retire a couple of years ago. Forced him to retire? Yeah. Yeah. I think 65, you got to retire, right? Yeah, because you can't get your medical after that. Yeah, they make him retire at 65. We were on his last flight, jumped on the plane and flew to San Diego and back <coughs> for his last flight, but, um, like, what a career. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, totally travel cool. the world and fly yeah. around, and it was... He was in the Air Force first, and then you know, that'd be fun. As a, as a well, and I, I mean, and, that, and that's back to what you guys were saying. You want your kids to have a better, yeah, than mm-hmm. you did, and obviously, and I mean, you guys I are do. super jacked that he's oh the for career. sure, because hey, otherwise he'd probably be be doing. I mean, yeah, he'd be I, working farm related. I, I work construction, and I actually took him one summer with me, and I poured a lot of concrete. Yeah, I built big freestyle barns and stuff. So, and that did. summer we had a big project to do. And so you, you ruined him. I ruined him. I weaned him off. But that was my intentions. Not that we don't need workers like that, but being for my son. Hey, this is I hard want work. Him, this is, you know, go to school, yeah. get your good education. And not that I'm saying we don't need workers like that, but you want your your family to do better, you know. And that's the other issue, though. And my wife, she's well, on what's the, the uh, at the end of the day, what is, 
them doing better for themselves? Is it financially? Is it them just being happy with, you know, like happy for me? Like if my kids like, Hey, I don't want to follow your career dad, but you know, I really love doing whatever it is, you know, like as long as like they're happy and have, you know, and living their best life. I think that's okay for me. Yeah. I really don't care what they do as long as they come home and see old dad and mom. There you go. You know, I, I've got a family. We, I have 10 brothers and sisters. Oh, that's a lot. So we're really family oriented, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. That's why I freak out when my daughter says she wants to move to New York. I don't want a group. I don't want them living more than 10 miles away. Yeah. Yeah. But that's coddling and. I don't, well, I don't want to get caught doing that. No, I, it, and it's not right. I get it. Okay. I spent two years in New York, and it was um, being from here very, very different. But like, there were some great parts of it. You know what I mean? And yeah. I'm not a big city person, but there were like parts of it that we enjoyed. Uh, my daughter loved it. Yeah. She that she would go back anytime. But, but I, you know, you take people from that, like take people from New York, and they come out to where we live. And they're like, "How do you guys do this?" They're you know? lost. I've got friends. Yeah. I've got friends that uh, met some friends through NASCAR. Actually, that's the NASCAR connections. How I met yeah. Lee and Tiff, and and oh. uh, all this other stuff. But uh, and they, he comes out, and they love to come out because we, you know we we live in the middle of nowhere. It's great. But he's like, "Okay, so let's go get coffee." Well, it's 24. hold on. Let me it, it's, brew it. Yeah, for you. exactly. It's <laughs> called K Cup. Right? <laughs> he says, "Well, where's the closest Dunkin' Donuts?" I said, Shh, "I don't even know if we have one." Yeah, yeah, I think there's one in Platteville. That's thirty miles away. Yeah. Uh, and they just that concept, you know, because he lives in Charlotte, and that's a right. big, you know, big yeah. metropolitan city, and they're just mm-hmm. used to it. But, but is it that bad that you cook your own food? No, like I think that's amazing. Like so much better. <laughs> I know. Like well, and, I talk to like home home cooked food. Like when I go on the road and I have to travel to do whatever. Like it's so nice to get back in a routine where you're eating dinners every night at home, oh. and you're yeah. not like I just get so burnt out of fast food stuff. Yeah. No. That was the like the thing with with me when, during the season or when I played or coached or whatever was we were literally on the road for seven months, yeah. you know. And, and when we were home, like my wife took care, like cooked and did everything right. But then on the road, you eat out or you eat in a clubhouse or whatever. And then the off season comes, and we want to do nothing but s- sit at home, right? right, or or whatever. And our families want to go on vacation. Yeah. And it's like, Jesus, I've been on vacation for the last seven months. It's like, like polar opposites. Right. Yeah. And it was, so it was a really tough, like, dynamic to, to handle because yeah. Yeah. they want to go on these trips. And you're like, God, I've been around people for the last however long. I just, just want to get away. Like, be at home. Yeah. Stay yeah. by, yep. Well, you just want to sit on the couch or, you know, at night. You're, you're, a little, do, you're a little bit of a homebody. Yeah, right? I like home. <laughs> I'm, I'm a homebody. <laughs> Me too. He's a little yeah. jealous because I think that looks just like his chair at home. <laughs> <Could> oh. <be. laughs> like, who knows? But, like, you know, and that that's a tough dynamic for people to handle. And it, I know for me it was. And then I retired and, like, I screw everything up. Yeah. You know, could we come home and screw up the whole the whole routine that they have and, like, do it this way and feel like getting slapped. So. You know what? That's It's crazy to think this because – but your family life was a lot like a military. Yeah, yeah. very similar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Deployments, and then you come home. Like, yeah, we've talked about that. Yeah. Like the wi- the wives of of athletes, especially. I mean, you got baseball players would play 162 games in eight months. You know, yeah. with spring training, 200 games, playoffs, whatever, and, and basically eight or nine months from February to September. Like that's rough, man. October playoffs, but. Yeah. Like, that's rough for them. We're gone all the time. Yeah. 
That's a lot. And I think it's with any sport. You know, we were talking to the, we went to this rodeo in Cave Creek. Cave Mm -hmm. Creek, yeah. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of friends that that work for NASCAR. And that that industry is the same way. You know, it's, you know, get ready on Thursday, pack up the haulers, head to, you know, head to the races, you know, bang, bang, bang. And when we first, when I first met these guys, I was so in awe of how cool their lifestyle was, right? Because they're traveling, they're doing all this stuff and, after I got to know him and after I got to see the, the grind that, you know, some, I mean, very similar to what you went through, mm-hmm. it, it was just, it, it was just like, it was like, oh, God, this sucks. I mean, I'm, I'm glad that I don't have to deal with that because you're just gone, gone, gone. You're, and, you, you know, to have a family life is just, it's, it's hard, it's challenging. And I got that would be, I had to be tough on you being gone all the time. Did the kids come with you? When yeah. You, okay, so that yeah, made so, it better. Yeah, they live with me. Like, they would get out of school a month early and start a month late. Right, so like here we go year round. So they would get, oh, when they they get out in May, typically, and when they start back in August. So they would get out in April and come back in September. So they would they would come out like <clears throat> maybe a month after the season, three weeks after the season, and then leave maybe three weeks before the season ended. And then they were wherever I was at for. I mean, my daughter was born in '03, so that was my fifth year. I played. What, 13 or 14? So until she was 14. Um, and then my son's four years younger. So, um, And then my wife, we've been together since high school. So, I mean, she, <laughs> she, she tagged look, along around the she, country. She for, doesn't know any better. <laughs> uh, since 2000. She's yeah. been. Wow. 2000 was the first time she went with me. Um, it was the year we got married. So so you do more now that you're retired? Will you hunting as a passion of yours will you do more of that i hope so yeah yeah i really that's that's the plan like i really want to go do he's going to the des this year oh you going to des we're on the street we're on the street pretty excited about it so i met mark the des oh really mark yeah Yeah. he uh funny story he uh they ran out of diet coke i hope tom's not listening What's that? I said, I hope Tom's not listening. I don't Tom, care. Tom's okay. We have four he, he, he brought his own Diet Coke. Hey. And he had to leave early. You left early. Yeah. And so when I was out hunting on a hunt. When I came back in my room, there was like uh, two six-packs of Diet Cokes in there. And, you know, it was uh, love ever since. So Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. You got to love a guy that leaves you some Diet Coke. <laughs> We sat out and talked. I try and talk him out of it every day. That's why he hates me. <laughs> he was sitting there on the porch. We were, he was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. They're out of Diet Coke, and it's like five hours to town. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't know this guy from Adam, but he seems like a pretty good dude. <laughs> like and everybody Coke. seems to talk to Brock. He must, he must be an all right guy. So I walk up my room. I come back, and I, I handed you the, whatever I had left because yeah. I was leaving. Yeah, well, you were uh, – yeah, that was a tough – that year that we hunted that, that was tough, man. Yeah. That was rough. We was that were, the really hot year you guys talked about? It was about? really hot. Oh. It was really hot. You, and I was worried. I was worried because it was. I, I've got the invite from from Lee and Tiff, and I got yeah. to go. And and it was. I mean, it's a. Fred's seen the obviously seen the pictures and stuff, and uh, to get there, you, I felt, it felt like I was like you know, chosen to to be there because it's a pretty special place. It is a special place. It really is, and uh, and of course you know, Dave Dingman was my guide, and we went out and double and D double D. And uh, we went out and and we saw this bull and then we it was like the next morning the hunt and he's and it's out there and I'm like is this is you know is it is it big enough I don't want to shoot a small one and go mm-hmm. back to camp and because it's first day and he's like no you're good and so I shoot first day and then everybody else is like hunting their butts off the whole week yes. 
And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to go home. <laughs> so I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> this guy, he, like, and then this year, um, you hunted the first, like, two days with his bow for elk, and then he's like, he just got the gun out. And yeah, he's like, forget this. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get too close. And Lee thing. was like, I can't believe he waited that long. I'm yeah. pretty impressed he waited <laughs> yeah. two days. Lee, Lee likes to give me crap about uh, how I like to shoot, shoot fast and shoot often. Hey, hey, you got more opportunities. You know, if you just shoot, shoot once, miss. is that fun? No. You know. He's I gone mean, to trick shots. <laughs> trick shots? Uh, yeah, he's trying to bounce <laughs> stuff off branches. and. Well, because that year, was it two years ago? Two years ago. And Ryer filmed it, and I, I hit this bull in the butt, and I killed it in the butt. It hit the femoral, and it bled out like crazy in it. So we go back to camp, we look at the film, and I hit a branch, and then it hit another branch, and then <laughs> deflected into his butt. I've never seen that. Double deflection. Oh, to check that kill video. shot. Really? So what, what, what season are you going to hunt? What, what time? Uh, um, we're talking August? about, yeah, we're thinking the mule deer? mule deer archery hunt. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't, that, I, I, would, <laughs> I would love to hunt more. Yeah. Um, like I've missed a lot of that for a long time. And you did that as a kid living uh, here? Growing up, we did it. And yeah. then, you know, I still get the off seasons to do it, but, um, like I retired for, from playing for a couple of years and then started back, I guess it was two and a half or three years later coaching. And during those times I went constantly and yeah. we got an elk and a couple of years ago and then, uh, haven't been drawn since. So yeah, story I just, of, uh, story of Arizona hunters. I haven't gone drawn in well, years. Well, except for you get the guys that are drawn three or four years in a row. And you want and to I, I literally hit them in the head with a hammer. You yeah. want to take a hammer. In good units. Yep. And you're but, like, hold on a second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my buddy. <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. I have a buddy. He This hunt takes 14 points to draw. He drew two points. And then you're like, I have 18 points. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten, and like, you really, if you get drawn, you kind of don't want to. Tell people like you got drawn, but you don't want to tell them what you got drawn for because you right. might get some bad feedback. You know, there might be some, uh, some violence related, yeah, stuff. Will, Will, Will Smith kind of thing, you know, to get all yeah. upset. You know? What's what's what's? Oh man, I, my wife showed me that. This was it this morning. Hey yeah. man, Chris Rock's a man, dude. That guy takes it, and he's like, man. I at, at first I thought it was staged, but. I, well, I don't. Look, there's a lot of conspiracy theories out right now. I yeah. don't think we'll ever know really whether it was or wasn't. Like I thought it was a good. There was joke. one showing, like this is how an actor braces for a In punch, yeah. you know, and they showed like everything, hands behind his back, chin clenched, smile. You know what I mean? It was like. They went through all these things, and then they show Will like kind of smiling because well, they show him from the back, and you can see his face. And well, he was smiling. Yeah. He was laughing at the joke, and then he looked at his wife, and she was not. Smiling. He was laughing his butt off of the joke, and then he looked at his wife, and she was pissed. And I think she was pissed that he was laughing. That's why I think she was pissed because, like, hey, everyone can laugh, but you can't. And then he's like, "Okay, I'll show you how much I love you." Hold on a second. I go. There's, uh, I'm, yeah. <laughs> Let me go make a fool of myself. It is what it is. <laughs> I don't really have an opinion. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I, I believe we live in a world. We should live in a world where we can all make fun of each other and just laugh about it. Like, as long as it doesn't get too personal. And maybe that was a touch personal. I don't know. We. And I've got a, a, a Rocky. My friends from well, be Vince's dad that plays football and, and we have a group chat that we started here about I don't know probably four or five and I'm not a big 
I don't have any social media. I'm not, that's just yeah. not my world. But text messaging and, you know, a few WhatsApps is about all I get through. And, you know, there's like five of us on there. And there's, you know, we, we're we're constantly at each other's, not throat, but roasting, roasting each other oh, all yeah, the yeah. time. And, and, and it's then the fun you, part. And then yeah. you can see where there's an elevation in temperature. Uh, and then it's like, okay, let's bring we'll it back, bring down. back down a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. But there's a, there's one little, guy on there that he, he just gets. He doesn't. Know, no, he don't, uh, <laughs> he don't like it at all. That's those are the guys that are fun. Those are the guys you yeah. like to pick on a little bit. Yeah, they but, are. But the problem is, is I don't know him that well to pick on him. Or if it's somebody like you or one of my other friends yeah, that I know well. On. Hey, he's on the chat. Yeah. You always, like I have this thing where I nickname guys at work. If I like you, I'm going to give you a nickname. And so like, and Must sometimes be a kind thing. So so I like uh, start nicknaming, and usually I figured out the right nickname when they get really offended. I'm like, hey, got it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I hit that one's it. But when somebody doesn't react to anything, then you're like, you kind of like fumble around. You're like, oh, that wasn't that funny. I got to think of a different one. So if you don't react, I get, there's a lot of, you know, nicknames about me, just so you guys know. There is? Yeah, they they call me Sausage. He's got a few of them. Sausage Fingers. Okay, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's mm-hmm. one, you know, Diet Coke. I guess some people call me that. Flat. Flat. <laughs> the flat of Diet Coke. <laughs> the flat. Yeah, Dudley has a how whole many, story about how that. How many cans a day? Oh, I'm down, dude. Are I'm you? way down. 15? No, I'm like maybe five or six. That's better. I want you to drink five or six in about a minute and a half one time. Oh, yeah. It can it can escalate quickly. I'll tell you that. We were driving like, back from Tucson. You remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's real I watched bad. <laughs> I was like, holy so shit, I used to go. Man. I used to go to... The gas station, I get a 44, and then I go get two tall boys, but the Diet Cokes, you know, the 16-ounce ones. And then before I even got home, the, everything was drank. And so that's when I got a real issue, when I can hammer all those out. So you like Diet Coke, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I have a small addiction that's not really controllable, but yes, I do. It's like definitely that. controllable. You know, but but you know what's weird? When I, like, did that big hike... Diet Coke's like the last thing I wanted. I just wanted water yeah. and like maybe a Gatorade of sorts, but only it's crazy how when you're like working out and like when I'm hunting elk, like when we're hiking a lot, I have no interest in soda. No, I don't either. The only thing I'll, I'll do is, you know, like in the morning, because I don't drink coffee. Yeah. Why you know, not? I, my dad spilled more coffee on me as a young child growing up <laughs> than anybody's drank in most yeah. of their lifetime. Gotcha. Yeah, because that was before cup holders in a 1970 F-150. So he'd set it on the dash, turn the corner, and guess who got the coffee? Me. So, <laughs> so I, don't, I don't like the taste of it either. But, you know, a lot of guys in camp, they'll get up in the morning. The first thing to do is have a cup of coffee just to kind of, yeah. you know, get, get you going. going. And yeah. I'll, I'll you know, either do a Diet Dew or a Diet Coke. But then when, once you get out there... You yeah. can't because it just dehydrate you know, yeah. the hydration just the water. The, always pack the. He was carrying a can of Diet Coke for celebration after the kill, but I, I, Were I you really I was I just got rid of that too. Just water. Yeah, good good move. Yeah, you know. I'm sure with your training and stuff, diet soda is not part of your regiment. Soda, no soda. No, no. he'll drink that. I'll That's drink Kill Cliff. Yeah. What is it? Kill Cliff. It's a uh, like uh, recovery drink. Ah, yeah. Get a little. It's like all natural ingredients, inside. but it has caffeine. No. Yes. Uh, like very twenty grams or something. It's not a lot. It's yeah. not energy. Caffeine doesn't really 
face fever. <laughs> no? No, I drink a lot of it. It's no. like I have caught, it's 25 milligrams of caffeine. Uh, yeah, I'll drink. Like I started, I never drank coffee when I played nothing. Um, I started drinking coffee and like right after everything shut down with COVID. And I don't know why I started. Mm. We went to a tack event yes. and Black Rifle was there. And I had some there. And then they had the cans, the iced ones. And yeah. I drank it and I like gave me a little kick and I was like oh okay I like this but it was like 300 milligrams of caffeine and then uh, so I ordered some and then we started drinking it now I drink it all the time <laughs> yeah that that's funny because like before that you didn't drink coffee your no. wife did no your wife didn't do no, that neither before? of us did <sighs> yeah you you because they were just handing them out yeah the, and she didn't she didn't like that she doesn't like cold brew so she all. likes so you got in the, the morning subs- she got the subscription. We got the subscription. We get two bags a month. Yeah. And um, go through them for sure. I usually have to run over to like Bass Pro and get another one. What? Yeah. So you did an event. This is an event with Black Rifle? Well, Attack Total Archery Challenge. Okay. Do you, have, have you been you to one of these? No. Oh, oh that's dude, something you got to do. Yeah. I can't yeah. believe Lee doesn't go to any of them. He, yeah, he doesn't do he much. He shoots animals. Yeah. He's, he These are fun. They're, they're at ski resorts, right? Like, all around the country. You were talking um, about it when we yeah. were in Des, yeah. So, like, San Antonio's in April. Yeah. Uh, Big Sky is July. And Utah's in July. June or July. Yeah, they're, like, two weeks apart. And Colorado. Park City and, and Dudley does these, correct? Yeah. Yeah, and they're fun. They're a lot of fun. Was, Usually, I like, go to, like, two or three of them. I'll go to the one in Colorado, and then I usually do the Utah ones. And I think this year I want to try to do Big Sky with our. I think Big Sky would be fun. I want to go. I want to try to bring the wife, and I think yeah. you do too. And yeah, the, it's a lot of fun. Huh. So they're just like they, they've got probably eight courses set up, uh, yeah. eight eight to ten courses set up that take, you know, anywhere from ten to twenty five targets. Yeah, but the targets are like a hike and then go shoot, and it's. Uh, this is what it is, you yeah. know, like you're shooting foam. Yeah. But um like it's kind of competitive yeah. and like the hikes are challenging. Yeah, they were like we went on the one last the pr- year. Was, was hard, that prime? Prime. The prime, prime course dude, last year tough, in Park City. Man. It was hard. It was what, seven miles or nine miles or something. Yeah, we did fifteen miles in one day. We did two of them. Oh wow. And it was uh it was legit. Like we were smoked by the end of it. Dude, yeah, the Rocky he, Mountain Elk Foundation was good. Yeah, the we did the Elk Foundation. It's all elk. That's all mm-hmm. you shoot. And that was fun. Like we're doing hundred yard shots and yeah, wow. is this bow or rifle? Yeah, or archery, yeah. all archery. Yeah. So it's fun. You go with a couple friends and then you talk trash to each other and mm-hmm. and you make fun of them when they lose arrows. You know yeah, that you kind make of fun stuff. of them when they make a bad shot. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 And then, how many arrows you lose? You know, yeah. and then Cody doesn't lose any arrows. Yeah, so that was last year. Yeah. The year before I did. So, yeah, it's a lot. It's cuz I've been in a lot of um 3D tournaments around here and mm-hmm. they're easy. You just you could do like four or five courses in one day. Where this like most people do one course. And if you're like we did two courses and like I didn't want to do the second one, but he talked I me talked into it. it. Wow. Yeah, he's he's giving me the guilt trip a little bit like we came all the way here. But it was fun. It was great. I'm glad yeah, we at did. At the end it. of the day it was worth it. Yeah, that was totally But they're worth at, it. they're at big ski resorts. Um, like uh, Snowbird, Park City, um, Big Sky, Big obviously. Sky, yeah. So it's uh, you know you ride the ski lifts up to the top, and it's usually really good weather. Down. Yeah, the summers at those places are 
You um, might get a little rain here and there, but base camp they've got uh, like Black Rifle sets up a thing, Traeger sets up a thing, yeah. uh, Crispy, Yeti, Yeti Sitka, there, you know, Shields, and you're the Sitka guy, right? You mostly wear Sitka stuff. Yeah, yeah. me and Cody both do. He's a Sika guy. He's oh, the yeah. he's a guy amongst Under Armour people wearing Sika, so he represents pretty good. Yeah, when I go to Lee and Tiff's, I have to uh, get a wardrobe change because yeah. all my hunting gear is Sika gear, and you know, obviously yeah. that doesn't fit well for the TV show. So. I yeah. I traded uh, when I was playing. I had a Nike contract, and I had a guy with the Under Armour contract, so I gave him like money for money on like all Under Armour hunting gear back then. Yeah, I was yeah. like, you give me that, I'll give you shoes, and we'll trade out, but. I still got it all in there. That's cool. But um yeah, I wear Sitka now. Um but the the events are great. Dude. Yeah. I like I I planned our summer schedule around them. Yeah. This really? year. Yeah, I really did. Like I picked I, I went on so I got all the the spreadsheet right and picked we have San Antonio if I get a chance to go and then Big Sky and then uh Park City. Park City. Yeah. And I scheduled the tournaments around them. That's cool. Yeah, to That's make cool. sure to make sure they didn't conflict. Now I have to schedule my wife's vacations around, around that. <laughs> around, yeah, before before the games. There you go. Yeah. So based on retirement now, and you mm-hmm. have obviously your, your schedule frees up for more hunting. What's mm-hmm. what's your ultimate hunt? What do you, I mean? I love hunting elk. Uh, okay. Like for me, it's it's such a blast. I mean, we got that one uh, a couple years ago, and that was it was awesome. It was six by six, and it was like. In, 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 yeah, in, 27. In 27. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and that's... And that is the unit, right? Is that what you're saying? 27 yeah. is a great unit. 27 yeah. I mean, yeah. for top units in the state, you have 27, 1, unit 9. 27 and 10. 1 butt up to each other. Yeah. Yeah. They And 27 and 1 butt up against Apache and San Carlos. So yeah. 27 butts up to San Carlos, which... The reservation. Which is the biggest elk in the world there. Right. I mean... Mm-hmm. And they yeah. just you, so you can't know they, get there. They cross over back and forth all the time. You can get there. It just costs you a whole lot of money to yeah. get in there. I don't even think even with writing a check you can get there, can you? I mean, it's you have like, to get it invited. Depends on who you know. You have to get invited. So it's kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. You have yeah. to get invited from somebody, and then you got grease some hands. Yeah, yeah. So, but and um, then what else is uh, twenty three? So twenty three, nine, ten. 27 one I'd say top five units. Yeah. Now that some people want to argue like eight, 6A and 6B. There's a lot of elk in 6A and 6B. Tons of elk, but like quality. quality. Not, every unit in the state has a potential of trophy, yeah. like 360 plus. Well, and for me, and, and I didn't even, a friend of mine put in for this draw. We actually switched from hunting fool to uh, Gar's son's got a new uh, hunting application service. I can't even think of the name of it. And they switched this this year. I've been with yeah. Hunting Fool for a while, and they switched this. And uh, and he called and said, we drew this you know, Arizona oh, take. Cool. And I'm like, well, that's cool. And then I looked up where it was at, and I'm like, well, yeah. on the other side in New Mexico is all the units I've hunted with my buddy for the last right. 15 yeah. years. Yeah. You know, 16A, 16B, mm-hmm. yeah. D, 23, 15. And, you know, I've hunted with my kids there and, and everybody. Yeah. So that's would, cool. would you go other places to elk hunt? Oh, most definitely. You would? Yeah, like, for you sure. Know, you've been to Idaho, right? Like, we were just going to – I missed the – New Mexico one, huh? Yeah. I was going to put in for New Mexico this year and missed it. But, yeah, I don't – like, if I'm free now, I'm going to buy a trailer. I'm going to hook it up, and I'm going to – Yeah, because there's some over-the-counter tags. You're actually going to buy one or just use one? I'm going to buy one. I would just use one. Yeah. Just use one. I want to wrap it. I want, yeah. I want to, like, a custom wrap one. I want to take it to the kids' games, too, like mm. our tournaments and stuff. Sure. And, like, 
have uh, people out and grill on the Traeger on the back and like it, it really looking for my wife wants one she likes to get out and camp and oh, hang out and yeah and with covid so, that's i mean it's it, it's it definitely be, boosted the <laughs> right amount of people that want to go out now it also boosted the cost of toy haulers yes like, substantially and 30% the trucks that, that pull like, them yes, yes. they're talking about like <laughs> i got lucky on the truck inflation i feel like is hit our industry way, way oh. worse than any industry your your percentage is what you're telling me that they're, they're increasing is like crazy i mean i think 30% over the last Year and a half, that's what they increased. That's nuts. My dad is construction, electrical, commercial, and uh, he got three, in 30 days, three price increases of 10% each in oh, 30 days. Yeah, I believe that. So 10% and then 10% over the already increase and then another 10% over the already increase. So I don't think there were, like for a little bit, I thought it's going to go the other way, but mm-hmm. I don't believe that anymore. No. I think it's It's going to be a while. But I think we're... Mm-hmm. We're we're gonna come in at some pretty challenging times here in the next. I hope you know, I hope not. But here's the thing about American people: no matter what, we'll always work hard. Yeah, that's why I've figured out the, the majority. Oh, yeah, like we'll yes. figure it out. The core, the core, the of, core of America yeah. is this hard, strong fighting, like freedom, kind of people that, yeah. against all odds, we're gonna work hard. Because that other group is the ones that. Um, that we were talking about that just would rather collect unemployment than actually do try and find a job when yeah, there's 4,000 hey, available. Those are the ones that are making yeah. business hard right now. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, the ones that don't want to – because if you, there's free money on the table, there's a certain group of people. That's what hurt the economy the most than anything is that those checks handed out. They, they, they didn't have to work too many getting paid. When you can make more money sitting at home, I think I averaged it out. You had to make like $20 an hour break even. From what they were getting paid. Like, how can you do that? Yeah, minimum wage won't pay you that. No. Anywhere. And that's what you're looking for. Most I, people are, I, are like, minimum I didn't 15 make that. to coaching professionally. <laughs> $20 now. I know, right? So I well. quit. Yeah. Well, I resigned. Mark, I know we didn't really, I told you it'd be fun to talk, right? Yeah. No. We're I, I can talk. Yeah. We were joking with my wife uh, we, what we were coming to do this podcast because they were sitting at the pool and. And, and I said, well, my wife would be really good at this. And, and Fred said, no, she wouldn't be good at it at all because you wouldn't get the full effect because she talks with her hands. <laughs> and you wouldn't get We'll the video the next <laughs> one. We'll yeah. bring her on. So, <laughs> you would get like half the message. So, yeah. anyways. We'll have well, the video cool. set up next time. Yeah, yeah we're that's uh, things to look forward to is the live streaming. The next, uh, we're, we're getting ready to sell this place. So, my other one that we're building, we'll have a little studio in it. Yeah, cool. that'd be fun. Quote, unquote. Yep. Either that or just put it in the toy hauler. Or just have it in the toy hauler. We could do that too. Well, I, I like that idea better. Yeah. Because then we can just do it wherever. Mobile. Mobile. Yep. Well, I really appreciate you flying all the way out here, Mark. Yeah. Come was, visit us. And uh, it's great meeting you. Yeah. And your buddy. Thank you. Thanks for coming. I told you, you talked more than you thought you were going to. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> You like yeah. to hear his voice in there? Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> I, I, always, I always said I had a face for radio. Yeah. Hey, man. That's, that's, why, that's why we don't have cameras, like I said. That's what they tell me, too. For so me. We're good. Cool. At least we got somebody here. So, well, I appreciate you for everything, man. Yeah. Like You're a great, great business guy, great person to look up to. You, I can vouch for your customer service. That's always been great with me. So, if you're in the industry and, or if you're looking for a car or truck, give my buddy Fillback Motors. 
Fillback Fillback family of dealerships. Family of dealerships. Check him out, man. He's a family dealership. I mean, legit. I, everybody I've worked with at your place has been great. It's fillback.com. Fillback.com. Um, right. And yeah. anyone yep. that's okay. I looked bought, it up. Yep. Anyone that I've sent to you has had a good experience. And Yeah, if we could just get product. I mean, that's the biggest issue. You <laughs> send me all these customers, and I, I can't do anything. You know I mean? I know. We can order stuff, and it's, you know, and you're not a very patient person, so. Who, Brock? I'm patient. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I appreciate you, man. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, thanks for having us out, and thanks for all your help. Uh, anytime. And, uh, Good to always meet new people. Nice, yeah. Very nice meeting you. Yeah, nice to you meet too. you, too. Cool times. All right, we'll see you guys later. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we got some exciting things in the next couple of weeks. Word. We got people lined up, actually. Folks, not so. just me and Brock talking to each other. Yeah. Real people, not not Fred and me. Yeah, right. No, we got you're you're on the list. <laughs> so you were on the list. You asked me to do this a while back. I'm like, yeah, what? Been on the list for a while. What the heck am I going to talk about? Anyways, we talked. We probably could. Well, the thing is, people don't know. We talked about an hour before this. I'm like, I better turn this on. Yeah, yeah. That was probably actually some good stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys.